Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode 100. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, Adamant Maniacs alike. Thank you for tuning in today and to 100 episodes of the Adamantium Podcast. Honestly, I am so thrilled and honored and thankful that I've been able to do 100 episodes of the podcast with such amazing guests uh, over the last few years. Obviously, it's not how I pictured the 100th episode. By that, I mean having to do it from home instead of face-to-face. But such is life at the moment. I'm sure everyone's projects and, and businesses are not how they pictured them at the moment. And I'm just grateful that we are able to continue the podcast from, from home at the time being anyways. And even in the Stay Home episodes, we've had such great guests that I don't think the quality of interview has suffered at all. In fact, it's been quite fantastic. And today's guest is absolutely no exception. We've got an amazing guest for our 100th episode of the podcast. But before we get into today's guest, I do just want to say a quick thank you. I mean, 100 episodes, there's really no difference in in format between episode 100 and episode 1 or episode 37. But it is a milestone, so I do want to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you for tuning into the show. Thank you for having enough interest that we can do 100 episodes. Uh, Most importantly, thank you to the listeners. If this is the very first episode that you've tuned into, thank you. If you've tuned into a handful or a dozen episodes, thank you very much. If you've tuned into 100 episodes, I want to know who you are and I want to thank you personally. Reach out to me on social media or over the website. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear what your favorite episode is, what you like about the podcast, what you think could be better, uh, what you'd like me to ask a guest if I have them on again, who you would like to hear on the podcast. I want to hear all of it. And thank you to the amazing guests that we've had on on this podcast. Obviously, we wouldn't have an interview talk show without the guests. And we've had incredible, super interesting guests, guests that I never thought I would be sitting in in the same room with or, or, or Zooming with in this occasion. And thank you to the publicists and coordinators that have helped set up some of those interviews. I couldn't do it without you guys as well. This is a one-man show in the sense that I host and produce it myself, but there are so many other parties and people that have helped me bring it together to be what it is today. You know, like they say, it takes a village to raise a child, and this podcast happens to be my child, just with fewer poopy diapers. Although, Kona the podcast dog here uh, has me picking up after her about three times a day. Anyways, moving on to the actual episode itself, episode 100. We've got an amazing guest for you today. We've got Canadian rock and roll royalty here on the Adamantium Podcast. And I'm talking about Kim Mitchell, Mr. Patio Lanterns himself. Maybe you know him by some of his amazing hits. Maybe you know him from the band Max Webster. Maybe you know him from hosting a show on Q107 here in Toronto. Either way, we are so lucky to have Kim on the show. Kim will be releasing a new album around the fall. It's called The Big Fantasize. It is his first album in 13 years. He just released a new single called Wishes, which is adapted from a poem by A.C. Childs. And in his entire career, it is actually the song that took him the longest to write. So stay tuned for that information. 
And Kim, I mean, you might know if you you heard him on the radio back in the day on Q107 that he's just a dude who loves music and he's a great guy to just chat music with and swap stories. And I really enjoyed our conversation. Maybe you're one of our younger audience members or someone outside of Canada and you're not as familiar with Kim Mitchell and his music. So for that reason, we're going to do the Adamantium Recommend segment, which is when I pick five songs that you can check out before or after the interview and familiarize yourself with the artist. Starting with my all-time favorite Kim Mitchell song, which is his 1984 hit, Go For A Soda, which is kind of a cheap pick because it's like one of his biggest hits. I also recommend the songs All We Are, Rock and Roll Duty, and Patio Lanterns, all cheap picks because they're his greatest hits pretty much. But my last pick has more of a personal touch. I'm going to choose the song Ain't Life Amazing, which was on his last album in 2007. Uh, the album is by the same name, Ain't Life Amazing. And I heard it for the very first time uh, when I saw Kim Mitchell live. He was opening for Def Leppard at the Molson Amphitheater, and I thought the song rocked. And I'm pretty sure I went home that night and got myself a copy of it. And the rest is history. And that's it for the Adamantium Recommend segment. We're going to get you into the interview in just a moment. Just again, thank you so much if you've listened to anywhere between 1 and 100 episodes of the Adamantium podcast. If you haven't already, we would love for you to hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast listening service you use. Leave us a comment or a review if you'd be so kind. You can also follow The Adamantium on social media. We're on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. I'm sure you've heard enough of me babbling now, so let's get into episode 100 with Mr. Kim Mitchell. And you might as well go for a soda, because on The Adamantium Podcast, nobody hurts and nobody cries. I know I'm a cheeseball. But we hope that you will tune in for another 100 episodes to come. Thank you very much, and enjoy, everyone. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks yeah, for uh, t- thanks for taking some time out of your day. Oh, well, thank thanks for the coverage. Appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, first of all, congrats on the new album. Thank you. Thank and you. Uh, so, when I never saw on on any of the press, when's the actual release date? Oh no, uh, we're kind of there's no manual here, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I'm thinking like September, October, November. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, especially these days, there's no manual to doing anything right now. There, there isn't. There isn't. And it's funny when people say, so when do you think you'll get back to a stage? It's like, I don't know. I don't, don't know. know. Yeah. No, no. Don't know. Uh, Kim, speaking of the stage, I saw you on stage uh, with Def Leppard back in oh. 2007. So, right. Actually, wow. I guess that was, it was right before Ain't Life Amazing came out. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah. Like amazing was 2007. Now was that at Molson amphitheater? It was, it was indeed. Yeah. So Which is called, what's it called now? Budweiser, Budweiser stage. stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, funny enough, small, small world. I'm a photographer for Q107 now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, usually I spend a lot of my summer there, but uh, this year, not so much. <laughs> 
Not much going on. No, not much at all. I smell it right here. <laughs> okay, here, here's the cafeteria where it's collecting dust. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> there's a coffee mug that was like pre-COVID that looks like it's been unwashed. <laughs> I heard I heard that the, I mean, I didn't I didn't look too much into it, but I heard something like the Black Crows either did or were doing a show that was going to be recorded and, and put live on television. So uh, at the amphitheater, but that's that's all I've heard is happening there this oh. week. Oh right! So they would actually go there. They would perform, and it would be yeah. it would be no filmed. audience, no audience, but filmed. Yeah, yeah. What I think I've I've seen a, advertisements, not advertisements, but I've seen online stuff about that uh, Budweiser stage at home or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Is that what that is? is I think that, so. I don't know okay. if there's other bands doing it now too, but I think they were the first ones. I don't, and again, I don't know if it's happened already or if it's happening. But, um, I love I love uh, Black Crows. I, I loved their guitar sounds and their writing and their their thing. And I find today's sort of version of that is Rival Sun. Oh, I love the Rival Sons. Love I know, Sons. I know. They well, they came when I was in at Q107. They came in and played live in the studio. Yeah, in my studio because I had a little mixing board and uh, uh, what's his name, the singer. Um, uh, I can't remember right now. It's I slipping my mind. Either. And this is terrible because we're on a podcast. <laughs> That's all right. And it's funny. I, I, mean, I had the, the guitarist I, on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. He's amazing. One, one of the coolest dudes ever. Those are two of the coolest guys ever. Very cool. And, and he, was, he was singing back like this far off the mic. And I was like astounded how powerful his voice yeah. was. Well, what I find amazing about them too is uh, that I learned in, when I had them when I had the guitarist on is a lot of their stuff isn't um, it isn't super meshed out. A lot of times they just go into the studio and play. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to look it up. Sorry. Cause, cause yeah, gonna yeah, good like, idea. we're going to, we're going to look, we're going to look at Beth, like Beth, if we don't. Uh, so, because it's so funny because I say his name all the time and as I'm going to see his name and I'm going to go, Oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jay Buchanan. Yeah, that's it. Singer, that's right. And uh, Scott Holiday. Scott Holiday. Like Scott Holiday. <laughs> yeah. And they were fans. I didn't even know that they would even know who I was. But like, oh, man, Jim, you're so cool. Your stuff's cool. I'm like, wow. Thanks, man. That, yeah, they, um, they're very cool, dude. And that would have been, because you haven't been on the queue in five, six five years. years. Right so they would that would have been pretty early days for them, I think. Oh, yeah. 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 Did you listen to their last album, Feral Roots? Yes, I have it on my. I have it on my phone. I think and that my, was my favorite album of last year. It's actually. so so vibey. It's so yeah. yeah, beginning to end too. Like yeah, um, yeah. This there's and it's like stuff that like uh, that shooting star song is like it's stuff that you wouldn't hear today. Yeah. You, know? no. you don't hear often today, anyways. And even the song. No, it, yeah, like I love how they celebrate the Im- imperfectness of rock and roll. Like yeah. How many takes are we going to do? Oh, probably one. Yeah. Let's just play it, right? And it's just so crunchy and, oh, yeah. Lovely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kim, let's talk a little bit about your album. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is your eighth album, solo album. Yeah. And uh, the first in, like we said, thir- 13 years 13. now. Yep. So what, what made this the time? Is this something you've been working on a really long time or... Was it just like now's a good time to, to make something new? What's that noise? Um, okay. It, it, never mind. Uh, it was just something that stopped. 
I had I was okay not to record. I had written a bunch of songs since uh, 2007, and one actually uh, before. Well, yeah, yeah, I was working on Wishes ten years ago. That I, I was work, working on stuff after Ain't Life Amazing, and I was content just to not record ever again because I go play my shows and people want to hear rock and roll duty, go for soda, lager and ale, patio lanterns, and that stuff. And I'm I'm grateful they want to hear that stuff. I'm all about customer service and rock and roll. I'm content to play that. Recording an album is a huge undertaking, but I had this stuff that was more in the vein of of my softer stuff, All We Are, Easy to Tame, Patio Lantern. It's just where my head was at writing-wise and more atmospheric, a little deeper. I find my rock stuff, I sort of come into the room, yell a bunch of things, kick some stuff around and leave. (laughs) That's how I describe my rock tune. Whereas this is a little more atmospheric, setting up some lighting and some vibe and some dry ice or whatever, but but in a musical way. And I gave a USB key of shame to a friend of mine, Greg Wells, who's a, a producer. As he's visiting, he's on his way back to Los Angeles. And we walked around, had a beautiful conversation in my neighborhood. And he said, well, I got to go. And I'm like, I have a USB key here with some demos on it. Um, I'm... I wasn't expecting anything. I said, if you ever have time, like take a listen. And if you find a song that, that you can give me some advice on, or that's a cool song, or you dig that, or you don't dig that any advice. He goes, yeah, sure. And a few weeks later, he messaged me and said, please come to Los Angeles. We need to record these songs. This is a, this is a side of you. Your audience needs to hear more of. Mm. So So, yeah, with a bit of hesitation, I went, uh, do I want to do this? Um, okay. Because I love Los Angeles, too. It's such a creative hotbed. I just love it there. It's just, people laugh at L.A. It's like, oh, it's just a bunch of actors as, as, that are walking around as waiters. I'm like, well, yeah, they have jobs, but they're all artists. You, Where else can you be walking down the street for coffee and you'll see somebody on a bench going over lines, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. It's, just, it's cool. I've, I've never yeah. actually been out there myself. I've always wanted to to go i've actually wanted to always drive the coast like oh, the whole beautiful. yeah do it do it yeah I, well, from- you know what oddly enough i was planning to do it this september but i don't think it's going to happen this year <laughs> yeah yeah you wouldn't be able to get across maybe right yeah. no i you know what it's it, uh, it's better left for another time <laughs> sure yeah um so i in like it was so would this be more of a, a passion project do you think um well, as I said, it was Greg. It's kind of Greg's fault. He was, <laughs> come on, man, let's do this. And I'm like, okay. And then, yeah, when I got into it, I was, it was, I'm glad I did it because I've said this in a couple interviews, painters have to paint, dancers have to dance, musicians yeah. have to write and record. And what happens with it's the, the writing and the recording is, is it's all about the journey for me. So. Well, one thing I found really interesting in the the press release that I, that I read was that I mean, you're known as as a guitar guy, and I heard that for this album, it's the, the guitars aren't necessarily at the forefront; they more so serve the songwriting. Good, good point, Adam. I put the focus on songwriting and went, um, "I'm going to serve the song." Mm-hmm. If I feel like, if I feel there's a spot where the guitar needs to like jump around uh, the vocal or something, I'll do it. But I'm not going to do it because, hey. I need to get a guitar solo in here. I need I need to, to I need to be Kim Mitchell on the guitar here. I am Kim Mitchell on the guitar, whether I'm 
playing a solo or whether I'm comping. And I learned something from another guitar player who I have a ton of respect for. And he's just a, just, he's a Nashville dude. Mm -hmm. He's a Nashville session guitar player. His name's Tom Bukovic. And he's, he's like, all these session guys, they're, they're, they have their own headphone mix. And he says they have the vocal kind of buried because they're listening to their cool part and come up with a cool part. Mm -hmm. He goes, when I'm in a session, I have the vocal crank. Everything I respond to is around the emotion of the vocal. Right. So I kind of was in that kind of zone. Well, I think, you know, like musicians have the tendency to want to show off, right? And um, you, you make a good point. That's a great yeah. point. Uh, there's a phase that I went through where I loved those shredder guitar players. Right. I, won't name, I won't name any names. There's a bunch of them and they're amazing. And I aspired to do that a long mm -hmm. time ago when I was taking lessons. I thought, wow, this stuff's great. Like, and, and I still love it. I see its purpose. But a lot of times I start to, I start to feel a little uncomfortable because I'm going, this is starting to feel like Look what ten grand at GIT gets you. Right, right. As a, as opposed to making music, it's like ah, I'm writing this so that I can do my thing over top of this. As opposed to I'm writing a song. Right. And um, I've t spoken to a couple very schooled players before, and and a few of them, but a couple of them went. This is this is the big point I was getting to. Is a couple of them went. Yep, I studied at such and such for four years. Yep, I studied at such and such. I said, then what? He went, I came out and I had to kind of unlearn some stuff to play music huh. again, feel like I, was, I, I could play music because I was looking at everything. So I said, well, you probably get past that. But anyway, I'm not slamming people who are studied musicians. No, but even, even like I, one of them, one, a really interesting interview I heard once with Lars Ulrich of uh, Metallica was he said that there was a time where himself and the other guys in the band, they all just kind of wanted to show what they had. And especially Lars, someone who is a bit of a show off. He's like, I just wanted to throw as much <laughs> drums in there as I could. And then as they all matured, and I think that's when they maybe made things like St. Anger or whatever. And then as they matured, he said that, you know, I learned that it wasn't about, everyone knows I'm a good drummer. It's more about let, what's best for the song, you know? And then they started to write better music again. <laughs> you, well, yeah, that's a good, a good point. We all love to have our are self-indulgent moments. And I've had some of them. Um, I'm not sure I've had them on record, but I'll do them live a little bit. I think that's kind of where you can take liberties live a little bit, as long as it's not like all the time. It's a, it's a, it's a dance as you go. Adam. Of course. Yeah. So if you can, if you're able to do that, of course you want to do it. And you know what, if I go see one of these guys live, that's what I want to see them do. Want, of course. I, do I do go see them. I sit there and go, I can't believe it. I mean, which brings me around to internet, uh, you know, Instagram stars. There's there's young men and women on there that are playing circles around what people three times their age would like. It's it's insane the ability, the technical ability and textbook ability they have. I find one thing missing is life. Mm -hmm. You know, it take it takes a couple decades of few decades, a couple decades more than being nineteen, twenty. You need you need you know. You start getting in your late 30s and 40s, and there's a little bit of mojo that you'll be developing. Yeah, I uh, the, I mean, maturity, the maturity. Yeah, well, it's you know what's been a hot topic on this podcast for over a year now is is Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, um, and and similar kind of you know they're young guys, they're excellent at playing, um, sound fantastic, 
you know, maybe not so original, but, you know. You know, their heads and their hearts are in the right spot, which is we're messy, we're dangerous, and we're we're leaning out. When we go, we're leaning out over the edge. We're not being safe. And I love that. And were you going to say that part of your point is they still need some miles on them yet? For sure. And and I think they know that too. They're like 20-year-old kids, you know, and they've got talent. Now they've just got to build, you know, the the songwriting, the the, the chemistry, you know. And I've I've seen a couple interviews with them and I, I think they're they're sweet dudes. Yeah, uh, I think so. Too. Yeah. And you know what? And, I, and, I, if anything, and they're out of, they're I, I appreciate yeah, them. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, man. Go ahead. I'm no, right. I was just going to say, if anything, at the end of the day, I appreciate their love for rock and roll music, you know, and that's... Uh, they're, they're, they're waving the flag. And yeah. you know, another thing that for me is, I was born and raised in, a, in Sarnia, Ontario, which was a border town. And as soon as you cross over to Port Huron, Michigan, you're 40 minutes from Detroit. And mm-hmm. some of the world's best rock and roll came out of Detroit, Michigan. And and when when they were, when I was like, yeah, they they definitely have some Detroit fellas, you know, yeah. rocking it up here, messing it up. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's, okay, Kim, tell me a little bit more about the song Wishes. Um, I listened to okay. it a couple of times uh, when I got it from Eric. And uh, like you said, that's a song you've been working on a really long time. Um, tell me about the process and have you ever done anything like wishes before the process of kind of transferring no. from a poem you've read to a song of your own? No, I've always worked kind of with lyrics, lyrics on a piece of paper and stuff. So yeah, it was a poem that was, you know, a waiting room in a book. I would, you know, when you're in a waiting room, you, what are you picking up? You're picking up outdated magazines, right? <laughs> Usually. So yeah. you look over and you see this thing, you pick it up and I randomly opened it up. And that was the first poem I read was wishes. And I was like blown away by it as a AC child. And I just thought, oh, this is so beautiful. This needs to be in a song. And um, first of all, I researched it. If it was in a song, I couldn't find it anywhere. And uh, let alone couldn't find who AC child was. I just thought we just found out it's public domain. So mm-hmm. I started writing it 10 years ago and came up with the verses. But then listening back to the version that I had written, it went through a couple of different versions. Every time I listen back, I'm like, it's missing something. It's not a complete song. It's a complete poem, but it's as a song, it's not, it's missing a couple things. And I don't know what they are yet. So I would chip away at it every few months. I'd sit down and be in a little acoustic mood and start singing it and try a couple of things. Like the songs roadie, like, what do you need? <laughs> Tell me what you need. And the song would be like, well, I don't need that. So go away. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of, kept going on for years and years until five months ago i think i really want this to go on the album i'd like to finish this and it really wasn't putting pressure on myself i just started to play the song and then when it came to where i thought a chorus should be i just stopped playing and sang started singing a melody and i went wow that feels like it belongs it feels like it's part of it Uh, and within a couple hours i had the instrumental midsection and the chorus and i was like this is done. It sounds like it's a complete tune now, like it belongs. So I guess stick with it. Yeah. Uh, there's always, there's always the other side of the mountain. It may take 10 years to get to it. Yeah. And it might not, it might not be worth it, but to me it was, I really was really attached to the, to the poem. I thought I, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny. You said it that exact way. Cause it was, it was funny. I did one of these yesterday with an artist called Barnes Courtney 
I'm not sure if, you, if you've heard of him. Um, I have not. Okay, but excellent. He's from the UK. Excellent okay. musician. And he has this this great radio hit that's been on on for almost two years now called 99. And it's got okay, this- I'll check it out. It's a really, really great song. But he had, basically what ties together the song is there's this synth riff through the chorus. Um, and he said that he had had that song from the album previous, but it felt unfinished. And he said he would lock himself in his room for like 12 hours trying to think of what's missing. And then it was one day it just came to him, you know, and yeah. uh, and it, and it well, just completed the song, you know. We should high five each other if we ever meet. Yeah. I, it's like, well, it's nice to hear that I'm not alone, you know, that it's great, some, great guy. Goes through the same, same process. Right. And so yeah. he believed in the tune and he, it wasn't like, ah, forget it. Never mind. Mm. It's not worth it. It's like, no, it's like, ah, I like this. There's got to, it's, it's going to be there somewhere. Yeah. And now, now it's his highest charting song. So wow. yeah, beautiful. Give it. Yeah, you would like great rock and roll musician as well. Oh, awesome! Yeah, absolutely. Um, what did it mean to you? Um, or did it mean anything to you to be to put put this album out on El Macumbo Records? Um, assuming that you probably yeah. have quite a history with the venue. I do. Yeah, uh, a lot of bands played there. A lot of bands went through there. I went through there. I think. T- three times two or three times i i went to the place to see all kinds of of musical events um and then el macombo records uh i just like what they had to say mm-hmm. all independent label it's brand new and and what they had to say basically you know talking about record deals is 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 a boring thing and all i'll say is they kind of went okay sure we'll sign you we'll do this and do this but you know you're in the driver's seat here. So you tell us what you want and we'll, we'll go for it. So, so we're kind of, kind of feel like I'm running the show as opposed to like, okay, right. sign a deal. It's like, bye. But in a way I'm okay with that too, Adam, my, my high and the journey for me of writing and recording, that's what, it, that's what it's all about. Right. Beyond that, I can't, I can't tell, you know, I can't make anybody listen to it. I can't make anybody like it. It's, it's beyond my control. So I, I just kind of go, okay, I'm going this way. And I guess you're going that way. And good right. luck. Like your That's kid nice. leaving home, right? It's like, bye, <laughs> see ya. You know, let me know if you need anything, like an interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and hopefully, hopefully we'll get to hear the album in the El Macumbo. You know. Oh, that would be lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've I've seen a few photos of what they've done with the place, and it uh, it's pretty vibe. Yeah, I was gonna say it's too bad. Much like many other things that you know, we can't go there at the moment. But yeah, true, true. But you, uh, hopefully you will. And uh, young bands and and all kinds of bands, whoever you interview in the future or in the past, should know is that they are totally hooked up for live recording, remixing, live streaming. There's a whole section upstairs of TV screens. I could switch cameras. There's a whole camera crew. It's in serious high definition. Uh, the most, like the the uh, what do you call it? The five, you know, the the internet uh, connection. Oh, five, yeah, five. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, the yeah, the five. It's it's like fast. It's like 5G, high quality. Right? Yeah, five G. So it's it's yeah, because. The, the weak link sometimes with what's happening these days is your internet connection. You can have a great microphone and great lighting, but mm-hmm. your internet connection is good. It's still going to look like home security camera yeah. footage, right? So yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it looks top notch. What I've seen. Yeah, it'll be nice. There. It's yeah. a, it, you know, they've turned what a, a classic venue into a, you know, top notch modern venue, which hopefully, um, hopefully, uh, Massey Hall's doing too. From what I, yep. from what I hear. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you described it perfect. Yeah. Really, really uh, cool modern facility that's that's going to cater to what how it happens. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, we can all get back there soon enough. <laughs> A sweaty rock and roll room. That's it. That's nothing beats it. Nothing beats it. I know. You know, I you know, I haven't it's been nice to see like a lot of these home performances and stuff, but I, I do say I've got a little bit of live music withdrawal, you know. Me too. Uh, there's nothing like being in that room. And and I still I mean you can see some of my work behind me, but being yeah in that that photo pit, you know, even I've done it for seven, eight years now, and I still get the same rush as the first time I've been there. Yep. And uh yeah, yeah, especially when you get the shot, and sometimes oh, yeah. you sometimes. I mean, do you know as a photographer when you get the shot, or do you are you, are you like kind of like wow? I think I think that was really cool. I mean, you keep shooting, but there's, you have those moments through the night where you go, "Whoa, I think this this is totally happening." Absolutely, right now. absolutely. There's there's both. So there's sometimes okay. where either the lighting's just right, or there was a movement that was just right, and you kind of sometimes you know if you got it. Sometimes you're like, oh please, I hope I, I, I managed there. <laughs> like, I please hope I got yeah. something there. Cause you never know. It's so quick. Um, yeah, other times that a, an equally right. as good feeling is, is like a, you know, a surprise one where I was like, Whoa, that one yeah. turned out way better than, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I would think that those would be the, some of the coolest ones too, where you go, uh, I don't know if I got anything. And then you go, Whoa, look at that. <laughs> the, I mean, the key, the key to music photography though, I find and everyone's got different, but I find is, is waiting for your moment. You know, um, okay. I'd rather have one epic shot than a hundred mediocre ones. Right. So the, that's yeah, the one you're going to remember. So, but don't you I, have to shoot a hundred? Don't you have to, doesn't the camera have to keep going or do you like, no, I, I don't. Okay. I don't, okay. So you I sit back and wait, and then you go, whoa, this, this is starting to happen. Okay, here we go. I never set it to any kind of rapid fire or anything. I always wait for my moments. And, uh, you know, and then sure enough, when there is a moment, sometimes I, you know, I get a little, the adrenaline rushes a little bit. And you're like, okay, okay, okay. Like, but uh, that, that, that's always been my advice to, to yeah. other photographers is, is and, wait and for that moment. Don't just click, 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 you know? So yeah, sorry, sorry to, to your listeners that we got into a nerd talk about photography, uh, you know, you're, you're on one side of the I camera think, on the other and we both worked it. Right. It's like, I, it's I think by now, a, a I think by now the listeners that. are used to some nerd talk. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's fine. Actually, uh, I, I'm not sure. To, I think this is actually going to be the hundredth episode. Oh, okay. So, yeah so um right. which is kind of kind of a nice milestone <laughs> oh yeah because i'm 100 years old so. <laughs> <laughs> you got a few to go you just got a are you using a microphone or what are you using the computer mic or no i mean i've got a microphone an audio technica set up yeah, um, okay. and usually i mean preferably i always before all the the pandemic happened i only i only did them in person because yeah. and that's why I said for I like to do the Zoom with the least the face to face, because you get a you get a much you know more personable interview. It's more yeah, it's more chill to relax. So I usually have natural. the same thing. I from the beginning I never liked having like people holding microphones. Yeah, and having to you know I want them to be able to relax, sit back. At least even this, yeah. we're sitting on our couches, you know, and yeah. I've just got like a atmospheric. Um, I forget the, sure. the term uh, that records the whole room kind of thing. Yeah, you have a room ambience. Yeah, so um, I've always liked to do it that way. Sometimes 
uh, when I'm doing them at venues, it can be, you know, the odd time, you know, scheduling there's, I've done it a couple of times where there's uh, a band's about to sound check. And so that gets a little tricky, but you know, you That's work probably, around. Isn't it? Yeah. I did live radio for a while and yeah. shows once in a while you're broadcasting from a shed somewhere. And it's like, uh Oh, yeah. <laughs> and phones are crazy, like, I can't hear myself. Yeah. Especially with this. I'm like, everyone just lean in real close. And we'll, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I mean, speaking of which, Kim, the first, I mean, I learned about your music from Q107 um, and listening to your show, um, the, 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 the Kim Mitchell show. Um, do you do you miss doing radio? Well, I've been saying I don't. Okay. Uh, I, I, I had a lovely run there and that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to cast a negative on it because it was a lovely time. The first year was really hard. Uh, it was really rough because you're doing something that you've never done before mm-hmm. and you're it's not you're in a corner office or something where you're cutting your chops you're on the air mm-hmm. and it was tough it was tough for my peers the people who probably wanted my job and didn't get it and it was tough for the listeners to listen to me but i worked hard it's a craft that you have to respect and i did work really hard on it so and i had great bosses and really helped me out so um, it turned into something and the show ended up doing really well for how, how long was 11 years, long did you 11, do uh, 11 years. Wow. Yeah. wow. I don't, I like to say 11, but 10, you know, it was 10. It was kind of like, yeah, <laughs> the first year was a bit of a like, Whoa, Whoa. The learning. Oh, oh. Well, it's funny. Even I listened back to, you know, the, the, the early episodes of this and I'm like, oh, it's, you know, you cringe at it a little bit, but Sure, you know, sure. you got to start somewhere with anything, you know, so you do, you do. Sure. You know, I, it's funny. I, I've talked to artists who, you know, uh, are doing a 10th anniversary tour or something. And they're like, man, it's like, we're playing these songs, but you know, I listened to some of the lyrics from that song 10 years ago and I'm like, Oh, what was I thinking? You know? <laughs> so <laughs> there's a know. few moments like that in, in any, in any, of course. Uh, of the arts, even you a just painter, have, to, you have to get it out. There. I, yeah. Dancer. Um, my, my producer, Greg Wells is, is friends with Quincy Jones who produced Thriller and stuff like that. And he said, he he sort of talked, Greg goes, do the moment, man, and, and move on. Don't ever look back. You know, don't ever judge yourself looking at a moment back. That was a moment that happened. See you later. I'm on to the next one. Yeah. And I thought that was really good advice. And, and I sort of, take that to heart a little bit when you look back on some of your career. Yep. My album covers in the eighties, they were pretty cheesy, but I'm not going to lose sleep over product it. Of, yeah. The product yeah. of the times too, right? So, yeah. 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 Um, do you ever think about doing something like on Sirius XM or, or starting your own podcast or. No, I wouldn't want to kick really all that. your asses, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all up. <laughs> no. No, um, I've been asked, you know, people have suggested that and, um, I'm just really busy with my life right now and really mm-hmm. happy with it. Um, uh, grateful for the life I have. I you know, walk my dog. I play some guitar when I want. I, when, when before the pandemic we play live and it's all good, um, to, to put some more energy into a podcast isn't of a huge interest to mm-hmm. me right now. And, and probably the audience is like, 
Uh, yeah, it's not a huge interest to me either. So. No, I don't think so. I don't think I, you mean but, you got to. Well, thank you. I mean, you're a little bit of rock and roll Canadian rock and roll royalty here, so. Oh, that's very yeah. nice of you to say, but you should talk to my my close friends. They wouldn't be saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, speaking of which, actually, there was an unintentional transition, but. One of my, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a drummer myself, so great. One of my all-time favorites, as you can probably guess, is is Neil Peart of yep. Rush, and uh, who who you obviously know we lost this year. Uh, sure. I know you did some touring with Rush uh, at yep. some point. Um, Lots. So I was wondering if you had any Neil or Rush stories that that are your favorite that you would like to share. Sure, I have a couple. Um, first of all, when people mention Neil Peart's name to me. I get a very strong, strong image of him in my mind, of him standing backstage, very tall, with his mustache and his hair, and he's always had always had a book, and on top of the book, he always have a book at his side, and on top of the book was a chrome cigarette package. Okay. I, there may have been marijuana in there at some point, but I don't know. But there was always that, and he always would be, he said this, very kind of serious look but once you were in his circle uh, he was a cool dude he would he was very protective and really loved his privacy but as soon as alex lifeson would walk into the wherever it was all heck would break loose all hell would break loose and and uh neil i would always picture neil laughing at alex all the time because alex was always a ham you know backstage Mm -hmm. um my other memory of him was uh when we played we opened up a lot of shows for them a lot of tours he would his drums were scrimmed you know what that Mm. is the scrim the curtain in front of the drum so you can't see their gear almost every night he would come up and play our set with us on his drums so on stage we heard two drummers yeah we had our drummer and him and uh, that's how he warmed up he loved to warm up and Rather than warm up in a dressing room, yeah. later years, they didn't have an opening act. So that's when they'd set up a kit and he'd backstage. Yeah. But he would come on stage and play our set. Wow. And of course, he would, he asked us. He said, hey, it's okay. So yeah, man, sure. Yeah. He did it once and we were like, this sounds great up here. Right, world's greatest drummer. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and nobody, you know, nobody out front, his mics weren't on. So all they heard was Max Webster out front. But on yeah. stage, we hear these two drummers like, yeah, this sounds great. It's heavy. Wow. So I, that was kind of, kind of cool story that that uh, I always loved about him, yeah. and I've always felt bad, of course, because he took took a, a couple of real bad hits earlier on in his life, losing his first wife and his daughter. So, you know, he's but he, he lived large, and he lived a large life and got to do what he loved to do, and it's not really our call in the universe to know how long we're going to supposed to be here. And he left, uh, I'd say he left quite the legacy, you know. Boy, did he ever. Yeah. Um, like, I, I love John Rutsey, too. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. I, the first drummer, I thought they were a raw rock and roll band. Uh, but, and, and so respect to Rutsey. And, but when Neil came, they just went into a whole different, yeah. deeper dimension of, of, boy, it was amazing. It was, it was, it was a beautiful thing to watch. And I remember being on the road with them when, they've got their first platinum album. We were, we were out with them and they're like, I it was a permanent waves platinum first. I, kept, uh, I probably had that wrong. So all you rush. No, sorry. <laughs> uh, but I remember standing around, they went, I don't know what tour it was. And they were like, 
holy crap, man, our album just went platinum. We just learned our album's platinum in the U.S. And I'm like, I'm thinking, that's a million copies, man. That's amazing. And yeah. next, next thing you know, you know, they're ordering a few toys. Yeah. They knew they knew they were on their way, and, and rightly so, man. They they enjoyed life. They just had such a great time on the road. Yeah. I I mean I was lucky enough to see them a couple times too. Yeah. Um and I'm glad I did, you know. I'm glad I did for there were, there were, yeah, there's a few there, there were real cards. Uh, they play tricks on us all the time. Once they uh we were on stage and they took all our stuff out of our dressing room and, and filled it with dry ice. So when we opened up the door after our set, like you can't see anything. And yeah. then when it finally clears, there's nothing there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, where's our clothes? Where's our stuff? So they knew how to have some fun but, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's your, that's your home out there. So. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty amazing too, that they've here in Toronto, they've pretty much been, iconic to toronto's band i mean i must have seen at least a dozen bands you know put at least a snippet of yyz into their set when they come and play here and, and every time it you know it gets a pop so yeah. yeah yeah that's that's uh that's a huge thing and, and a humbling thing for for them i'm sure even yeah absolutely like when, when uh rocking and real and everybody's who sings an in, who sings an instrumental yeah like like 50,000 people like what i was i was literally just talking about that yesterday that that uh, it was talking it was actually that british musician i was saying to us was like if you haven't heard listened to rush or heard the song yyz it's like it has lyrics without having vocals (laughs) great yeah great absolutely well cam i like i said i appreciate you taking some time out of the day Best of luck with the album release. Um, exactly. Looking forward to hearing for it. And, and uh, we hope to see you at the Elma Combo soon. Yeah, man. Absolutely. All, right. All the best. Stay you. healthy. You All as right. well. Thanks, Kim. All right. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.